This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me as usual is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries and Crossroads Community Church. And today we're talking about something that everyone I feel like can identify with. Uh, How do Christians respond to the crazy economic situation that not just in the United States, that the world is in right now? The prices of everything have gone like off the charts, Uh, specifically in the United States. We're at, uh, I forget what they said, 30 or 40 year high for inflation, Um, higher than it's been in a long time. And again, not not to be political, but uh, this was not caused by the Russian-Ukrainian war that contributed to it, but it didn't cause it. Uh, you can go find any newscast before that war started and you will hear them talking about the increase in prices of everything. In fact, at Thanksgiving last year, they were talking about the cost of turkeys being high and the administration was saying, oh, they're not that high. They're only up by a dollar. But families were still struggling to put food on the table. And that was way before this war started. So um, uh, everything has gone sky rocket high. Uh, Sometimes things go up, sometimes things go down. But now we're in a place where businesses are closing, which means families are losing their businesses. Even when local franchises close, I know people think, well, that's a big franchise. They have lots of money. But all of those employees were people from within that community that are now out of work and looking for work. So um, yeah, What, what what are your thoughts on, are you, first of all, uh, we're, we're what, like an hour, hour and 20 minutes away from each other. Mm-hmm. Something like yeah. that. But, um, are you seeing, I guess I should say, are you seeing the same thing? Cause I don't want people to think, well, Hey Floyd, that's just in your area. My area is doing fine. No, we're, we're seeing the same thing here. Um, not only with, um, prices going higher on almost everything, but also the availability of things that, you normally would get aren't there um so that's part of it as well um we're seeing we're seeing high prices and gas and and things like that just like you are where you are um what's crazy is we can go for example gas here is four dollars and 49 cents a gallon if we go 20 minutes across the West Virginia border, just I'm 20 minutes from the West Virginia border, go 20 minutes into West Virginia, 
gas is still at three ninety nine a gallon. And how much is it in your area? How much did you four, say? Four forty nine. Four forty nine. Yeah. Okay. I I I I didn't look because when I went after I dropped off my wife at work, I went to fill up the gas tank, but I went to Sam's Club. Um yeah. and it's usually anywhere from 10 to 20 cents cheaper. Uh, and it was 404 a gallon. And, you know, that means the average could be anywhere from, you know, 414 to 424, depending on which gas station you go to. Closer right. you get to downtown Pittsburgh, it goes up even more. Um, yeah. Which a lot of people are like, hey, that's expected. But that doesn't make it easier. Uh, I was telling... Um, I think it was the mom's group that I meet with. And I was telling them that uh, I have a friend. He's more like a brother. We were, you know, our families were raised together uh, and uh, he drives a bus in New York city. Um, he makes a lot of money doing that. Uh, that would be a lot of money here, not there because he can no longer, he said, I can no longer drive my car around um, in New York city because it costs me almost a hundred dollars or more to fill up my tank. And that only lasts because of the car he's driving. That only lasts like a couple of days to a week, depending on where, how much yeah. driving around you're doing. And he's like, I can't afford that on a bus driver's salary uh, to pay a couple hundred dollars every week to 10 days. That's like three or $400 a month just to drive around. That's not including what you're paying for the car, maintenance on the car. That's just put gas in the tank. Right. That's unrealistic. And multiply that. Uh, same thing across the people who are on minimum wage, uh, people who are, you know, I, I have to drive because I'm working two or three jobs to make ends meet. But all that is being wiped out by the increasing cost of gas. It's unreal. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it blows my mind. Um, Don, Don drives about 30 miles to work. 60 miles round trip every day. And we take two tanks of gas for her a week. And it, it went from $25 a tank to now we're paying anywhere from $35 to $38 a tank. So you figure $70 a, a week just for her to go to work. And, you know, that's, that's taking a big chunk of her paycheck to just go back and forth to work. That's that. And we're, we're, we're going to get to that too, but that's, that's the cost of like what, you know, some people are paying for light or heat mm -hmm. in their home. That shouldn't be the cost. Now, when I lived in the Virginia area, it was different. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've been there, you're driving around the beltway, you know, it could be a 25, mild drive but it could take you two and a half hours to get there depending on traffic that's totally different right. but in situations like this um in suburban and rural areas uh and we're like 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 don where you're dependent upon driving in order to you can't work yeah unless you can drive there there's not public transportation that's going to take her no that no. distance uh, out in the suburban and rural areas, there are people, you know, they're driving like <clears throat> and cars that they're keeping together, you know, with, you know, string yeah. and whatever, just so they can get to work. And now this increased price of gas and no one seems to think that it's a big deal. 
But now this is another reason why some families, I just can't work. I, I can't afford that kind of, you know, money, yeah. extra two to $300 a month just to get back and forth to work. It's different when you're talking, you know, oh, it's $25 a week or, or something that you can make do or catch rides or, or, or all that. But And then you add in the factor of you have to feed your families. Yeah, you have to we need to get your families. Yeah. yeah. And then you add that on top of the gas prices. You know, just for example, my heating, my heating bill, uh, I heat with get natural gas or here in our house. It went up 30% of what it was last year at this time. My, my February bill was $322 for, for gas uh, to heat my house. And last year at the same time, it was $124 to heat the house see and a lot of people are like oh that's expected that's not a big deal but they don't get it and maybe they've never been there and i have been there multiple times when you're yeah. living paycheck to paycheck an increase like that a small like an increase okay it's going to be winter my natural gas is you know i'm going to use more heat that's going to go up you can kind of deal with that but when right. your gas goes up and your food goes up and your electric goes up and the gas you need to get to work goes up, that's an exponential increase and your paycheck has not gone up one bit. So now instead of living paycheck to paycheck, you're living at a deficit no right. matter what. You're just starting off at a deficit because everything has gone up significantly and your pay hasn't, hasn't gone up any. Right. Know, one one or two of those things because of seasonal stuff you could you could jerry rig and work around and maybe work some extra hours or figure out all of them going up there's yeah. nothing you can do no there there really isn't and and you know it, it's it's frustrating i i'm old enough to remember when gas prices were 25 cents a gallon and they went from 25 cents a gallon to now $4.49 a gallon over my lifetime. It's frustrating to see nothing has really changed from the time I was 16 when I started driving until now that I'm almost 60. That time period, there's not a whole lot has changed. So why for the the increases, you know, and I, I get it. it. It's the amount of demand and it's more people are driving, more people are going, you know, I understand all of that, but where do we, where do we say enough is enough? Because I believe that a lot of what we're going through right now, if not all of what we're going through right now, economically is driven by again i don't want to get into politics type stuff but is driven by politics it's driven by we don't want the the right to do this we don't want the left to do this so we get stuck in the middle yeah. of the two sides fighting one another i'm 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 gonna Add on to that and say, I, I agree. I think a lot of it is driven by politics, things that could be fixed or changed. 
they don't do because they don't want the other to get the upper hand, which right. again goes back to they're not doing what they're supposed to do, which is to serve the people. You're not in office to defeat the other party. You're in office. You were elected there to represent the interests of your constituents. But I'm also going to add that a lot of it is driven by greed, by the corporations. I am I am one person who is for, I think a corporation should be able to make as much money as they can make. That's great. That's the American dream. That's capitalism. It works. Uh, people should be allowed to make. But there is a limit to, especially if you're a Christian, well, how much is what you're making? I'm getting wealthy, but if it's off the backs of and causing people harm unnecessarily, um, and I can alleviate that. By lowering my prices, and instead of being a billionaire, I just be a half a billionaire. Yeah. And I know that down the road, I'm going to go back to being a bit. It's not like I'm not going to be able to pay my rent if 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 I say, hey, let's across the board, let's lower the prices. Um, and yes, we are going to make less money, but we're going to help more people uh, and we're going to do more good. The same way I think it's uh, Mark Cuban from... Uh, Shark Tank, and he owns the the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he started a prescription drug company to offer prescriptions at a much lower price than you know the the drug right. company now. And in some cases, they're like thirty. I've seen some some of the YouTube channels from people who are checking it out. Like, let's check out this hype. They're like, it's legit. In some price cases, there's some that are like thirty to forty percent lower. Others are 50 to 60% lower costs than what you would have to pay going through uh, getting a normal prescription. Yeah. And he's like, I'm still making money. I'm just, I'm just, you know, and he's doing it in a way that actually is going to make him even more money because more people are now going through his service. So he's, he's not making money based on how much he's charging you. He's, he is making money off of that. Not as much as the other guys, but he's, covering that by quantity because his costs are so low more people are going to him so he's making a whole lot more money because of that and there are more places in the corporate world in the industry where that could happen but it's not because agreed right right i i agree i mean as as a christ follower we're told to not store up our riches on earth but to store our riches up in heaven the exact verse, I think, goes, you know, whatsoever man stores. Um, uh, now it just walked out of my head. Whatever you store up in, uh, don't store up your riches on earth, but store them in heaven. Um, something to that effect. But don't store what will rust and corrupt and fall apart. Store up your riches in heaven. We we tend to we live in a culture where we want more, 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 but we don't want to pay for more. So part of the part of the problem also falls back on us because we want a better quality of something, of a product, but we don't want to pay for that better quality product. So how how do we how do we manage that? How do we, how do we, you know, put our proper perspective as a Christ follower on what to expect? Because we take the, we take the route of the world most mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. 
Well, let me say this. This is a great segue. Um, and I'm going to try to answer that question with this segue and all in one. Um, really quick, we uh, at this podcast, Faith Responders Podcast, um, we don't pay any fees to anyone to host this podcast. Um, we actually, um, costs are covered by Crossroads Community Church and everyone who ties there, they know that part of their ties go to cover this podcast amongst other things. So therefore, unlike many podcasts, you won't hear commercials on, on our podcast. You'll just hear us talking on and on and on, it may seem like. And some people may be like, man, I wish they'd take a commercial. They've been going at it forever. But to that end, uh, what Mark and I were talking about doing, even though we don't we don't need to do commercials and we're not looking to do commercials where people pay us. Uh, we do want to help the local businesses. So we're going to do what we call shout outs and talk about some of the local businesses uh, in our communities uh, and kind of give them a little shout out. And hopefully six or seven people that listen to the podcast might decide to go check out uh, one of those businesses and give them a little bit of a boost and, and, help them out so did you have a uh i just would give a shout out to mountain view cafe mountain view cafe is located in smithfield pennsylvania on route 857 between the west virginia border and fairchance pennsylvania um just a little family restaurant uh christian owned great food great service great atmosphere um and the prices are okay too. And they give you big portions for small prices. One of the smaller, one of the fewer places in the area that still do that. Um, but it's Mountain View Cafe uh, in Smithfield, Pennsylvania. All right. So if you are in that area, make sure you go check out Mountain View Cafe. Uh, look them up online. Uh, go visit them and definitely tell them you heard about us on the podcast and they're going to say the what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never heard of that. But that being said, yeah. So this is one of the things that I think as Christians, Christian business owners and Christian uh, people can do uh, people of faith is that one, first and foremost, pay a fair wage to your employees. Uh, and I'm not for or against, um, a minimum wage. I see both things are needed uh, because there are some businesses that would take advantage and underpay their employees. But then again, to mandate an unrealistic wage of like, let's say 17 or $20 an hour, that may be easy in New York City. But like, uh, for example, the Mountain View Cafe, you know, for them to all of a sudden have to pay everyone 20 bucks an hour uh, is going to be not, not in line with the uh, economics in their community. There are places in the Midwest and wherever where that's unrealistic. That's a fortune. That's that's more than what the economy in that in that community can sustain. And so you're going to end up putting more bu more businesses out of business. So, but I do think for Christians, one, we need to pay a fair wage, um, and we need to um, not be greedy. I mean, uh, you can look that up in the Bible and. And if you're starting a business, yeah, there's taxes, fees, insurance, all that stuff that you have to pay. But if you're setting your prices uh, to get rich, 
you might get rich, but then you're not really doing in line with what Mark was talking about. You're, you're being greedy and you're being unrealistic. Uh, but I think you can set prices at a reasonable way and, and pay employees a fair wage. And if you have a good product, we we're just talking about, here's the things that are important, you know, uh, a good product, good prices and good people. And if good customer service, if you have all that, uh, then you should be able to sustain your business. Realistically, there's a lot of businesses that do have that, that are closing because of, you know, we just went through a pandemic and government overreach and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's possible for Christians to have a good God honoring business and make money. And here's, I'm, rant, I'm ranting, but let me add, this is important. Um, there is nothing wrong with Christians being rich, right? No. Some people criticize that, but throughout the Bible, there are, you know, David was rich. Solomon was filthy, stinking rich because of God. He wasn't robbing. It was because of God. David uh, was rich when they donated money to uh, build the temple. He came out of his pocket first to demonstrate, hey, we need to give. And he gave the equivalent, I forget, I figured it out in the sermon, but the equivalent of like tens of millions of dollars. It wasn't like a small portion. He gave a lot. Um, and uh, I forget his name now. Joseph of Arimathea. Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Yeah. Uh, uh, he was a wealthy man. That's why he had a tomb, even though he wasn't anywhere near death. He had a, a, a plot yeah, and everything yeah. laid out. He was wealthy as well. So uh, many of the people Paul associated with, uh, his ministry was maintained by wealthy women uh, who were like rich. They had lots of money. Uh, and God did not hate on any of them for that. Uh, the understanding is that God provided that. So then that needs to be used in a way to bless God and bless the lives of others. Um, but the problem is we've gone away for that. And we think that either if you're rich, that's unchristian. Or um, if we are Christian and we're, we make getting rich the goal. Like I'm trying to get wealthy and and we, we go along the line of greed. Yeah. And... and I'll throw in there too. I, I think, you know, I agree with you 100%. There's nothing wrong with people having money and people being wealthy if it's used the correct way, as you said. But also, some people that have money and give money to the church or give money to the poor or give money to somebody, they expect something back. They expect either to be treated better. Um, be able to control more. I've seen it this way in churches where one family gives the most money in the church, so they have the most say in the church. That is not a biblical stance on how to spend your money. If you're if you're doing it for that reason, it's wrong. <laughs> you know. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. So, but um, you know. There's a lot of things that, because I, I mean, we get the questions all the time. So what are we supposed to do as Christ followers in these hard times when we don't even have two nickels to rub together? How can we help other people? How can we even give our tithe when we're not making enough money to pay all the bills? And, you know, you struggle with these ideas. You struggle with these things because you, like for me, I'm on a fixed income. I know 
what it is to to struggle with finances. Um, but you never cheat God. You never cheat him. You always give him something. We got this idea in, in, in the church, and, and I believe it's it's a false idea that we have to give 10% of our paycheck or 10% of our our income to 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 the church. We're not giving it to the church. And God doesn't need our money. That's not why we do this. We do this for obedience. And I know this could probably be a whole nother podcast on tithing, but you don't tithe on, on what you don't have. You tithe on what you have. And that tithe could mean it could be only $20. But if you're giving it with the love of your heart and you're giving it for the right purpose, you're giving a tithe. It may not be 10%. It may only be 1%. But you're giving it to the Lord with open heart, not expecting anything back. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capitalize on that. Because uh, that, I, you actually, you know, that's what we're here to discuss. You hit it on the head. What can we do? How do we respond? And of course, people are going to bring up the area of tithing. And I think, I agree with you 100%. You're... you're I get this all the time. Oh, you want people to tithe. People think that when people tithe, the money goes to the pastor. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, you just want people to tithe so you can get more money. If, 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 if people only give $2 or if someone, you know, if every single person in our congregation wrote out a check for a million dollars and tithed it, my paycheck wouldn't go up. That's not how it works. Right. I wouldn't see a dime of that. You know, um, I'd probably increase our technical budget, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would, none of that would come into my pocket that's not the way it works so i agree that and and i know i'm going to get some flack for this so i'm trying to word it carefully i agree with you 100 uh the tithe yes biblically you know tithe literally means 10 percent, but that's not the current standard the current standard is give as much as you feel comfortable giving out of what God gave you in order to honor him. Right. Uh, uh, and the way that I normally think of it and tell people is when you can, 10% should be the minimum. Right. When you can't give whatever you feel comfortable giving, but never, ever, ever, ever give what you don't have. Right. Um, don't, don't. And, and people got a little mad at me because, you know, during the pandemic, when people were at home and businesses were shut down and all that, and I was telling people, hey, if you can't tithe, don't tithe. You know, this is before all the government checks started running in. Yeah. Uh, people were just not working. Some people were out of work. Uh, stuff was closing. I was like, don't, don't, don't <laughs> tithe. If you don't have it to give, don't give. If you need to pay your light bill, if it's a choice between paying my light bill or giving to God, and all I have is to keep the lights on or to keep the heat on, keep the heat on. Right, God's, right. God's, God's not going to like criticize you. That's different than, oh, I'm going to take the tithe money and use it to buy a new PS3 or something like that. That's, that's, that's a different conversation. But, um, and people have criticized me and said, what about the woman with the two mites? And I was like, make sure you read what Jesus said. She gave out of what she had. She had that to give. It mm -hmm. was all she had to give, and she did it willingly. Nobody forced her. 
So give what you feel comfortable giving to honor God. If that's a buck and you normally write out a thousand dollar check every month, but this month, all you can do is a buck, drop the buck and happily keep your head high. Uh, if all it is, is a quarter. If it's nothing like, God, I got nothing. Haven't worked in six months, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the case is, I have nothing to give you. Uh, then just give them your presence and your time. Right. But when you can, um, uh, I forget what pastor, some pastor said that when you can, 10% should be the minimum. Right. Right. So when I'm able to, I get more than 10%. I mean, that's but what that's that's the amount we teach our children to give. Here's a dollar for your allowance. Take a dime. And there's nothing else we continue to do in that same way like we were kids. Everything we grow bigger at. It. So, yeah, but it's yeah. how much you feel comfortable giving. And if you cannot give because you're experiencing hardship, don't. And if there's a church that tells you, and I saw this all over Facebook during a pandemic, don't forget when you get these unemployment checks and this, that, to tithe. And I'm like, no, when you get your unemployment check, pay your bills. Yeah. Pay your, your credit card bills, your card bills. Make sure you have money, especially now, for gas to get back and forth to work. Uh, and then if you have something left over that you can freely give without putting your far, your family at hardship, then, yeah, go ahead uh, and give. Like you said, if it's only 1%, if it's a dollar, if it's if it's not even yeah. a percent, but just, you know, a couple <clears throat> of bucks, that's all you have, then, and you have it to give, then do that. But if you don't, because you need to hang on to it, to pay for gas, to get back and forth to work, hang on to it so you can pay for gas to get back and forth to work. Right, right. And, and you know, there are people in our churches, in our congregations, that um, can give more than anyone else. And there's some in our congregations that need help from the people in our congregations, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know if you can see what's going on in here, but I'm writing down notes. And as I write them down, you're suddenly speaking the words that I just wrote down. Because I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. Everything that I was like, I wrote down. So how can we respond? What do we do? And you started talking. I, I wrote yeah. down, well, we should talk about tithing. You started talking about that. I wrote down. You know, we need to help others in the congregation, and you just literally spit yeah. that out. So, <laughs> I guess great minds work together. I don't, <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is, if you see someone within the community, not just the community of the church, I mean, it's important to take care of people in our church first. But if you see someone in the community outside of the church that is struggling, that needs a hand, and you have the ability to help them, even if it's just a small amount, or even if it's just a service that you can give them, then do it. That's what we are called as Christians to do. That is part of loving one another. It's not all about just the ooey gooey let's give a hug to one another it is getting dirty with one another it's getting down and if you see an elderly person out this summer cutting their grass and really struggling to cut their grass stop and help them cut their grass if you have time to do so don't just go by and say oh that poor guy 
or that poor woman. Stop and do something for them. If you see a, a single mom who's struggling to get diapers for their child, then get diapers for them or, or direct them to the, the, to the nonprofits that, that hand out diapers to, to moms, single moms and families that don't have the money to, to do that. There's so much that we can do as Christ followers that doesn't even involve money. Yeah. If we Absolutely. just stop and look at it and do it. And it's, it's actually what we're called to do. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ being, as you said, love one another. A new command I give you that you love one another. Part of that is carrying each other's burdens. So if you see, uh, especially another person in your congregation hurting, uh, you don't have to make a big to-do out of it or tell no. anyone. Uh, I can remember way back when, when I lost my job and went from, you know, making six figures to making $300 every other week on unemployment and people would randomly drop off food or checks or whatever at the church for me. And, you know, no, they wouldn't tell me who did it, but the people were just, yeah. they knew I, that was a significant hardship. And they were like, here, we, we want to help out. And you can, like you said, there are people who, you know, the greatest way you can help them out, babysit for them so they can, they can have a night off or so that they can go work the extra shifts that they need to work to, to earn extra money. Um, probably one of the biggest arguments that Christy and I had, uh, I think it was last summer, might've been in the fall, was that uh, there was someone who had a financial need. And so they, they came to me as the pastor and said, hey, is there anything that the... Uh, crossroads can do to help me in this situation and uh i was like sure let me let me let me check with the board i'm sure it won't be a problem and christy was like no let's us help them and we've done that for many people where we help them financially you know yeah. and we never loan money to people if we have it and they have a need then here it's, it's meeting the need. We don't expect it back because that's putting more of a burden on you. It's just here. If we're able to give it to you, then we can. Um, and she was a little bit irate because I wanted to no, let's go to the board. And she was like, no, let's just help. We could, you know, you, and by the time I reach out to the board and wait for everyone to get back and then have the treasurer uh, write a check, it's 24, 48 hours. And she was really sad. I mean, mad because she was like, you can help. We can help them right now. Like 10 minutes from now, their burden could be eased, but you're being stubborn. And we just did not see eye to eye on it. But we have, uh, of course, we eventually did it her way. But, <laughs> but, uh, and, and people have done that for us and it's a biblical Thing and we don't we don't tell anyone we don't wave any hey look what we did for any people um if we can financially help someone or physically help someone or like you said be there for someone or uh, do something for someone then we do um whether it be a person in our congregation or a person in our community that we are aware of um because that that's what we're we're called to do that's how we help one another that is the biggest 
way, especially if you read through the book of Acts, you know, where everyone came together and helped one another. That is the biggest thing that made the church grow is people looking and seeing them helping one another and being there for one another and financially supporting one another. And people are like, I want to be a part of a community that will help me like that. And, right. and that's how the community like grew. It wasn't uh, spaghetti fundraisers and, you know, that type of thing. It was just them being the church for one another. And we need to do more of that, help one another and be there for one another financially, physically, and with our most precious resource, our time. When you donate yeah. your time, you don't get that back. There's no way to get that back. Right. And, and, and do it out of a sense of not obligation, you know, the Bible tells me I have to do this. Don't do it out of obligation. Do it out of sincere servanthood uh, of wanting to follow Jesus and wanting to be more like Jesus. That's what we need to do it out of. Uh, anyone can give me $10 to help me with something. But someone who gives me $10 that they may only... They may only have $5 to give, and they give me that extra $5 because they could have spent it on a coffee. Instead, they're spending it on me. That means a whole lot more to me than, you know, just giving me money. Or if, if you know, somebody sees I have asthma real bad, sometimes I, it's, I struggle to cut the grass. And if I, somebody comes over and sees me struggling and helps me cut the grass, that means more to me than anything else because they actually are meeting a need that I, I have. Um, so we need to, be, me, need to be aware of what's going on around us. And that's how we can also get through this financial economic struggles we're in right now is by helping one another. Don't rely on the government to give us the check. Don't rely on the government to give us the, the services because that's what they want us to do. They want us to rely on them. Rely on God's people. Rely on one another. And I will say that I have been a part of a church where I saw this work like exponentially. Um, I was a part of a congregation in Virginia where you had people, you know, like I said, I was making six figures and I was on the lower end of the income scale making six figures. Everyone else was making well over six and some in the seven or eight figures because that's I mean, that's just the D.C. area. So um, but at the same time, a part of our congregation, there were people making minimum wage. There were people working two or three jobs. No one looked at the other one like you're less than me or you think you're better than me. Uh, right. The same person who might write out a $5,000 tie check every week was sitting next to the person who only put a dollar in the offering plate every week and they would love one another, serve together. And if anyone had a need physical or financial, um, that person who said, Hey, I can, I can write out easily. Here's, here's, you know, 150, take care of your problem, $150. And the other person was like, here's my dollar added to that to help take care of your problem both giving to say, we want to help. And at the same time, that person who had all the money in the world had a physical need. That person who had no money would show up to say, how can I help you? Yeah. There was no looking at one another differently. There was no uh, uh, 
animosity or jealousy because of financials. There was just an acknowledgement that, hey, if I have something that can be a blessing to you, then I'm going to use it to be a blessing to you. And if you have a need and I can meet it, then I'm going to use my resources to help meet your need. And um, we were so, and people say, you know, normally you would only see that in a smaller congregation. We were, you know, 150 to 200 some people, but people were so close knit that my family thought I was in a cult because I did everything with these people. If someone had a need, you know, I was going to help people move all the time, like at least once a month, we were getting better to, so no one, no one rich, poor, whatever, no one had to pay for a moving van. People would come together and help people move. Um, I'm not doing that for anyone. So no one asked me, I'm too old. I'm not trying to slip a disc for a slice of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Help you move. So, but um, yeah, yeah, it was just a community where people were like, Hey, I, I I love you enough to, I'm going to be there for you if I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, all God expects from us. And it doesn't it doesn't matter, as you said, it doesn't matter the size of the congregation. All of us as individuals can do this and are commanded to do this. It's not it's not about the church doing it or the pastor doing it. It is I, I'm I'm like you, I was in a larger church in Minnesota, and we actually had a group of people that fixed cars they were mechanics that would donate their time to help people who didn't have the money to get their car fixed would go and fix the cars for free just parts whatever the parts cost that's what you paid and you know you you can do something for someone no matter who you are if it's if it's going to the nursing home and sitting with grandma because the other family members need a break, then go sit with grandma yeah. for an hour. We're going to buy groceries for your neighbor because they can't get out, or um, it's not. We're not done yet. If it's shoveling snow for your neighbor, yeah. because, so they don't have to. Um, whatever if, it is, if it's putting five dollars or twenty dollars on a windshield with a note saying. Here's help with gas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did mean, see where there, there, were, there was a church um, that gave away $10,000 uh, in gas. I forgot where it was. I put a link on my Facebook page and I jokingly said, yeah, but they only helped like five cars. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's the kind of thing that people need to see congregations doing now. Not yeah. that because everyone thinks congregation, all you want is the money. No. Uh, what we want to do is help people and meet needs in our community and be there for people. Um, And yeah, unfortunately that does take money, but I tell people all the time. uh, And I had a, a a new family that started attending. And one of the guys was asking me about tithe. And I was like, he's like, you didn't mention the tithe. I was like, yeah, that's probably a third or fourth week in a row where I didn't stop to take up an offering or mention it at all. Cause it's, it's not a focal point, you know? Um, Right. When I when I when I do remember, it's more of let's praise God for the fact that we can. We are able to give something, whatever it is, a dollar or whatever. And if we can't, let's praise God that we're just able to be together and experience him. Uh, but yeah. there's regularly where I just forget to even mention or take up the tithe and people still give. Um, our giving has, you know, actually gone up since the pandemic. Um, and we 
talk about tithing less. We haven't done a sermon or like, here's why you need to give probably like 10 years. Right. Uh, we only talk about it when it comes up in the books of the Bible that we're, we're going over. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's, 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 yeah, I don't know. It, it's just not something I, it's something I feel like it's one of the other things again, and I'm an outlier in this where I feel like the church has gotten it wrong and the way that we view it has caused some people to see us. Um, I, and, and I know I'm going to get flack for this too, because I hear and I see all the time online where church people are talking about the church is not a business. The church is not a business, but I see those same people saying, Hey, where can I buy stuff to give away to new visitors like the pens and t-shirts and this i'm like yeah. you're treating it like a business that's why people perceive it as a business right right it, it, it's it is crazy how and, and 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 it's mostly churches in america that do this yes it's not churches around the world Mostly, I shouldn't say it's not. There are churches around the world that do it too, but mostly in America, we have made such an importance on buildings, money, how much the pastor gets paid, how much secretary gets paid. It shouldn't be about money in the church. It should never be about money. And getting back to our topic about what to do about these high prices and all of this stuff going on. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot we can personally do about the, the inflation that's happening. Other than if we are not happy with who is in the offices of government that are making decisions, we have the right to change those people out. And we can do that. That's our right. And if if you're so strong, feel so strongly about it, you know, and I know that I'm going to probably get slack for this, but run for office yourself. Absolutely. You know, do run for office yourself if, if you've got the ability to do that. Um, we do not have to sit back as, as Christ followers and say, well, it's the government. It's I. We're not supposed to be involved in that. Hogwash. Yeah, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah, believers need to be involved in every aspect of government. If not, we are going to be led astray. We're going to be walked on. We're going to be put down to where there will be no biblical influence in, in any part of government at all if we, we don't stand up and do it we live in a nation where we have that capability where exactly. we there are many many countries where they don't they don't have a say um you know but yeah definitely yeah. should so and i'm not hating on the no politicians we're we're not trying to down them we're just you know laying I out know, i know several politicians who are very godly yeah. who are very much a believer who are in, who's in Washington right now. And so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on anyone. I'm just saying, if you're tired of it, we have, we have not only the opportunity, we have a responsibility to be putting godly people in office. 
And I'm going to add to that, let's not forget that throughout the entire pandemic and even throughout this economic crisis, the only people who were still getting paid, and some of them got paid more, were the politicians. Yeah. They did not miss a single paycheck. Uh, none of their businesses or whatever clothes, uh, their personally owned stuff, uh, they did not miss a paycheck. They are not struggling. Uh, some of them got book deals out of it. And I'm not, I'm not hating on them for doing that. I'm just saying um, we have a responsibility, like you said, to make sure we're putting people with godly morals in office. And yeah, yeah that, so yeah. that that's the things we can do. We can, you know, be more effective or cons uh, conservative with our tithe. Or, as I said, if you don't have the resources, don't tithe. Make sure you have gas. Yeah. Uh, make sure you have heat on. Uh, we can definitely help others. And with our time and our resources, uh, buying groceries for neighbors, um, uh, showing up for people, uh, you know, babysitting for people, whatever it is, finding ways to help out. Um, and before we wind down, are there any other, any other things? And I would say just be intentional about it. Don't just be, oh, today I think I'm going to do this. No, be intentional. Make, make some plans in your mind, some goals. Okay, this week I want to help three different people in some way or some form. I want to do that this week. And make, make goals. Make it in an intentional effort to do something for God, to do something for people through God. And, and I would say even magnify that out. Like if you only find one family say, well, I'm going to help this family this week and next week. And it, I'm, I'm going to right. make it, you know, my goal to support and help this family through this, this situation. Uh, if it's, you know, Hey, guess what? I'm still doing financially. Okay. But I know, uh, which brings us to another commercial and shout out. <laughs> I know of a, a family that owns a small business and they're not doing okay. So I'm going to frequent their establishment more often. And so I'm going to shout out this uh, restaurant that Christy and I go to. It's called Wagner's. Uh, it's great food. It's in Elizabeth. Um, uh, you can look them up on Facebook or online. It's great home cooked food. It's only takeout right now. Uh, they used to have like, they used to be filled all the time, but then because of the pandemic um, and how long it went on, they weren't able to reopen fully, but they still do takeout. They have great food. Uh, and Christy and I, we've said, Hey, you know what? We, we do eat out frequently, uh, especially because of her schedule. Cause and because I hate doing dishes, but so we've said, you know, we're going to frequent their establishment more often. So it's one of the, the top things and, and tip a little bit more. I used to not tip at all when I was doing takeout because no one, no one waited on me. Uh, and now I tip more when I do takeout than sometimes when I would be just sitting in a restaurant, especially if it's a business that I know are struggling, but Wagner's, they have great food. Uh, Glenn and Stacy Wagner are their owners. And like we said, uh, the, the prices are great. They have great low prices. That's one of the reasons why they're struggling is because they refuse to raise their prices, um, to the, to where they would have to, in order to make the amount of money that they would need, um, 
and they're keeping their prices low for the people that they serve. Uh, so the prices are good. The product, the food is delicious. And the customer service, whether it be from Glenn or Stacy or any of their staff, is top-notch. Every time I walk in, I feel like I'm sitting down. Well, when we used to go sit down, I feel like I'm being met by you know people in my family and friends. Uh, that's how they treat everyone. They go out of their way uh, above and beyond to help people. So check out Wagner's Restaurant uh, in Elizabeth. If you're in Elizabeth... Um, yeah, and I think that that is it. Uh, you know, just we at the we as the church do not have to experience the hurt that everyone else is experiencing because we have the greatest resource God has given the church, one another. Mm-hmm. And if we utilize that resource right, there's not a single person in any of our congregations that needs to be struggling as much as some people are. Right. Right. All right. So. Uh, any final thoughts before I ask you to close us in prayer? Um, just a word of warning that we're talking about this as a body of Christ, but there will be people who try to take advantage because we are the body of Christ. So be careful of wolves who come in sheep's clothing. Absolutely. There's always going to be people that try to take advantage. Um, yeah, sadly. Yeah. All right. All right. So do you want to close us in prayer? Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity to just talk with one another and share with one another. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to be more intentional about our giving, more intentional about our time, more intentional about serving you. Lord, as we go through these, um, these times of difficulty financially, economically, we ask that you would just help us as the body of Christ to reach out to one another and lift one another up and encourage one another through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Um, if you have a local restaurant establishment business that you want us to shout out, just contact us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just give us the name, their address. You don't have necessarily have to know the names of the owners, the names, the address, uh, what they do, uh, why you want them shouted out. And, uh, yeah, we'll shout it out to the seven people that follow us. Yeah, and to the seven people that follow us, if you have something that you want us to talk about, feel free to give us a, an email or shout out to what you would like us to discuss on our podcast. 